we've been hearing a lot about NFT and the sales of NFT art. There was the landmark auction of digital art that happened with Beeple. And I was interested to know what this was all about because I'm a complete amateur when it comes to knowing what NFT is or understanding the blockchain or any of that stuff. But artist, photographer, and general art world I don't know if I should call him a messiah, but he's definitely an interesting character. Uh, his name is Justin Aversano. And he's a photographer that did a series called Twin Flames. And he went around taking photos of twins. He sold this grouping of photographs, I think he said for $100,000, with this NFT art situation. So I wanted to learn more about it. Uh, I contacted Jacob Dwight. Jacob is an artist who is also very savvy with technology and works with blockchain, different things like that, works with White Hot Magazine on some of the technology stuff that I've been developing. So I brought Jacob into the conversation because I knew that Justin would have a lot to say and I wanted to have one of my own experts on hand to kind of temper the conversation about NFT. So if you don't know anything about NFT, this should be the beginning of our journey of understanding this currency and understanding the world of art collectors who have a lot of money to spend in this oasis known as NFT. So please enjoy the next conversation. It's the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast with your host, Noah Becker. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.whitehotmagazine.com. Somebody's doing the dishes. I'm not sure who. Maybe, Jacob, you're doing the dishes. No. You can hear my girlfriend doing the dishes. Okay, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, somebody's playing the piano. See That's how, me too. See how it's all coming together? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, music can actually be sold as an NFT too. And right. as you start seeing the NFT world come to life, it's not just art. You know, it's, it's literally anything you could you know, list and sell. It could be a dog, it could be a mitten, it could be a plant. It's can you can you list someone else's dog without them knowing it? Um, I mean, you could, but then your legitimacy is not um, verified. I don't right. Think you'll have a okay, so let's want... To... Okay, okay, okay. Let's, look, let's wind it back because the listeners want to know what NFT art is. What is NFT art? Well, should we just start with what is an NFT yeah, in general? Let's do NFT for dummies. Okay, well, NFT literally stands for non-fungible token. And to me, to be completely 100% honest with the listeners, I feel like that is not even the correct term that should be used because it comes from the tech language. And it's very difficult for anyone not in that tech sphere to, to even comprehend what that means or how it works. So I think there needs to be a dialogue between, you know, the tech industry as well as, you know, 
the art world or, or any world in particular just to have a translation of how we can comprehend this because the NFT itself is literally everything in the universe that exists. NFT is basically a singularity word that can be anything and it's just the simplest word that is everything. And, you know, NFT is a non-fungible token which is basically what you list and mint on the blockchain is an NFT and that thing could be anything. So let's start there. Because that's how I understand it, and that's how I see it and learned that to be with that. So, well, that's pretty much what an NFT is. NFT art, for example, is a photograph, a painting, a digital image, a, a GIF, a screensaver, whatever you might see on these open seas and nifty gateways. Those are all NFT art because an artist has created it and, and called it an artwork. Just like Duchamp did with the bicycle wheel or the toilet bowl, he mm -hmm. names it art, so it is art. Okay. Yeah. Jacob, what is your Jacob? What is your idea? Do you have any knowledge on what an NFT is and how that works? I, I do, and I feel like it's um, what Justin is talking about is is kind of the conclusion I came to also, and I like uh, Justin the way you explained it the other day was as an avatar. Uh, for any of these objects that exist in the universe, and I, you know, I, li I like that idea um, as well. So yeah. Well, yeah, they are digital representations of everything, and, and you would call anything in the digital world an avatar. So mm -hmm. that's really that's a basic understanding. I think that could help people understand why this is such a craze because it literally is anything you put on the internet. That's most importantly to realize it's not just the JPEG, it's something that's authenticated, certified, and mint on the blockchain. So there is like only one of that thing, just like there's only one of that same thing in the real world. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the barrier that the traditional world doesn't understand yet because uh -huh. they don't understand what blockchain is. And if we, the sooner everyone understands what the blockchain is and how it works, I think everyone will start to realize the importance and significance of the rarity of these collectibles that we're seeing and that why there's such a craze. Because just like in an artwork, there's a certificate of authenticity, like, this is my one-of-one one Noah Becker. Just like in the digital world, it's my one-of-one one Noah Becker that exists in the digital world that can exist in my metavoxel museum. Or stock, stock certificates, you know, stakeholder certificates. Like, this is my part of this company, my fractionalized ownership in, um, you know, a, a company, for instance. So, it's, See, That's it's, a great example because it puts it in layman's terms that I think everyone can really get. And, yeah, and that's, and that's to me, that's where that is, you know, like we were talking about, it's, it's, it is a ling linguistic barrier. You know, like we were just saying about non-fungible tokens could be called something else. <laughs> to make it easier maybe it might even be the word avatar who knows I'm sure well, I, that, that's why i brought that back up but i really like that idea and everyone gets it you know i got it immediately you know even though i already understood it when you said avatar i was like okay that i think that should be the word <laughs> i do think that should be the word um so can we can we back up and uh for the listeners talk about blockchain and what how how would you describe that and then kind of review and back up to how that relates okay. to NFT. Yeah. So I just want to preempt that I have no knowledge in the tech world and I'm just learning as I go. 
and am told by experts what this is, and I'm just going to regurgitate what I've experienced. Sure. And I'd really yeah. like Dwight, I really like Jacob to really dive in deeper after I speak on it, just to see if I'm even close to what sure. it means. So, from my understanding, as a regular everyday person, not from the, as a basically a decentralized network of computers that are verifying transactions through riddles called blocks and each riddle is basically broken down with computer code and if for each riddle solved you get a piece of bitcoin or ethereum or whatever network you're on and i think that's the value of why you're seeing a lot of bitcoin or ethereum miners because those are the people verifying the transactions and what that means to me really is it's it's witnesses. I think you said it, Jacob, the other day, where it's like a hundred people are witnessing Ju- Noah giving Justin a hundred dollars for this artwork, and a mm-hmm. hundred people are witnessing it and verifying it, and that's what decentralization means, and that's how a blockchain works. A blockchain is actually a ledger that um, archives from the creation of the object, the avatar, the NFT, to mm-hmm. where it's listed. To how, who is offering, to where it's bid, to who it's transferred to, to who then it's resold to. It's just a blockchain of ledgered um, system that you can just see the whole lifeline of this thing that exists in the digital world. And that's what, to me, a blockchain is. It's like a block of information built on top of each other. And, the, and, and how a blockchain works, like I said, like everyone's verifying these transactions. So it's not centralized like a bank. It's like I'm going to the bank and putting $100 in it, and only the bank and I know of it. So the blockchain is like the power of the people. A hundred yeah. people are gaining and supporting this transaction as something that's true where we can't rely on just one or two people. It's actually a huge community and that's why it's so powerful. And that's yeah. why you're hearing a lot of talks about decentralization and you know, yeah. the death of the gallery or the death of the institution. But I honestly don't believe that it's the death of anything. It's actually the rebirth of everything. Because yes. all these things can use this system and build a transparency, build a royalty, which is my most favorite and significant part of why you should even yes. be in the blockchain. Yes. Because artists, writers, podcasters, any content creator, if you're making something and you mint it on the blockchain, yes, it's an NFT. And yes, you can sell a physical thing with that. I, there's no reason you shouldn't. To me, I see this infrastructure laying down a, shoot, a new um, fundamental uh, landmark of, of the, the wave of how we're going to start to see new transactions happening in the real world. So everything is transparent. Everything gets royalties. And everything is accessible to everyone as it should okay. be. Okay, now coming from my perspective, let's say I want to get Noah Becker paintings on the blockchain as an NFT. What is the process that the average person, well, I'm not the average person, but let's say the average artist, let's say the average artist wants to make a lot of money selling their art as an NFT on blockchain. How do I okay. do it? What's step one? Step one is make the art. Now that Burning Step Man two, isn't happening, do I have to go to Burning Man to get this? Sorry. Stop. Go ahead. Stop. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Burning Man after when we're okay. burning our art that we uh, right. sell on the blockchain. Right. But um, step one, keep it, I'm going to keep it very simple and streamlined so and everyone can understand how this works as an artist from step one. Step mm-hmm. one, make the artwork. 
Step two, photograph or scan the artwork so it exists in the digital world, just like you would put it on your website or Etsy for sale, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what basically the blockchain OpenSea Nifty Gateway websites are. It's basically a marketplace, and there's just too many barriers to entry to even get it to the point where it's as easy as listing it on the website. So let me just take a step back. That was just the process of where I'm going with this. So, you know, you make the work, you archive it with a camera or however on your computer so you have a digital file. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where shit gets tricky. So you have to make an OpenSea account or Rarables or whatever um, platform you're comfortable with. I personally use OpenSea because you only have to pay a gas fee once, and then every listing after that is unlimited. So I'll get to that in a moment, what a gas fee is. So I'm taking it step by step. Make mm-hmm. the artwork, photograph it, archive it. That's step one, step two. Step three is make an account on one of these platforms. Step four is connect a MetaMask wallet or another wallet of your choice to these platforms. So make a profile on, on OpenSea, for example, and then connect your MetaMask wallet to the OpenSea account you've created to establish that lifeline of the website and your and your wallet, which is basically a crypto wallet where you could buy and sell Ethereum and use that to buy and sell artworks um, to, to, to receive and to give them the funding you have. And you can easily add funds to your MetaMask wallet to buy stuff with your credit card. So it's, it's simple. So those are the first two things that are pretty difficult. The third part is when you're ready to list your work on OpenSea, you can do it. It's free up until the point where you press the sell button, and then you have to do this process called a gas fee. And the gas fee... For the seller, you have to do at least once to establish the verification between your wallet, MetaMask wallet, to your OpenSea account. And it's a mm-hmm. one-time fee. It could be anywhere between 60 to $160 because that's the transaction rate of what it costs at that certain time of the day you're doing it. That's mm-hmm. how many miners are working to crack the codes to put it on the blockchain. That's just how it works. But, you know, I encourage everyone to not be intimidated by it because there's so much wealth and abundance on the other side. So it's basically a toll to get through to the land of abundance. So once you pay that final first gas fee, and there's other websites that make you pay every time you list something. That's why I said OpenSea is the best for me, at least personally. So so once you get through step three and four, which to me is the most difficult for people to grasp, OpenSea account and MetaMask wallet, and the fourth, fifth uh, dimension is the, the gas fee, you're finally on the other side of it. Step six where it's just like an Etsy, it's just like a web shop, it's just like Shopify, where you're listing and selling your artwork and it's out for the for for people to buy. And you have to wait like two to four days to be verified so that so the founders of it can see your art that you're not, you know, forging or you're not replicating or you're not stealing anyone else's shit. And it's it's actually you, so you get verified pretty quickly. And then once you're verified, your your stuff shows up on the browser. But until then, all you have is your link to send to buyers. And a lot of a lot of the buyers, and this is step seven of where do I buy and where do I find my buyers? Where's the niche? Where's my community? Where are the people who are buying shit for 0.5 Ethereum to 500 Ethereum? So this is this is where you find them. They're on Clubhouse. They're on Discord. They're on Twitter. You know, there's a lot of Twitter posts that say NFT, shill your work, which basically means show your artwork. I want to buy your shit. So look for those. Show yourself off, engage with people on Twitter, on Discord, and Clubhouse, 
you know, as, as scary as the NFT rooms might be on Clubhouse, just join, speak up, share yourself, allow yourself to be known because it's all about relationships and connecting just like it is in the real world. It's just, it's just on a digital space of what we do in the real world when we're meeting collectors at galleries in the real world where, where people find our art. Like it's exactly the same. So if you're good at promoting yourself and you're good at meeting people and networking in real life, you know, it shouldn't be difficult to do in the digital world. It's just basically putting yourself out there, communicating, engaging with people, having conversations. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're selling yourself, you're selling your art. So you have to stand by your art and be, be the artist and not just be someone who makes stuff and lists it. Because I don't think you'll sell anything if you're not engaging with anybody, unless your art's that powerful where it just speaks for itself, which is, which happens. But I encourage everyone to build your community and build a community off of the artwork. Like, for example, I'm only going briefly into this. Uh, my Twin Flames project, mm-hmm. I minted it on the blockchain. I sold out the whole project within five days because I built a network around the work before I even listed it. I knew the right people, the crypto collectors who would support me. I built with them weeks before I even launched it. They helped me. They were the fuel to launch it to where it was hyped enough so I could sell it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I built a Discord server, which, you know, I think you're in. And, and, and Jacob, I think mm-hmm. you're in, too, where it's made up of all the twins and art collectors and journalists and people to just communicate with and share yourself with as like a place where everyone is at. That's like a little abundance pool in the oasis. And we're just hanging out, you know, drinking out of it and taking baths together. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, that's what a Discord server, I encourage every artist to make a Discord bad part? server. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, can I uh, bring up a question here? Um, uh, kind of revisiting something that Noah said the other day, or asked, asked the other day, which was uh, about cashing out. I think for a lot of people... Um, you know, you're, you're layman, and for people that uh, might not understand, it's like, how, well, can I cash this out? Can it become dollars? Like, I, I love it conceptually, but I still want to... You got to pay for your windows. Yeah, I still want to deal in fiat currency. There's certain things that I'm not going to be able to... So, and you had an answer for that, and I would like to for you to share that. Yes, I'd love to. Um I, yeah, you could, you know, send the money you make that's in your MetaMask wallet to, mm-hmm. I use a thing called BlockFi because you get interest on all your cryptocurrency, which is like a Chase account, but in cryptocurrency. Other people use Coinbase, some people use Gemini. Those two are just um, marketplaces. It's not really a place you should store it. Um, mm-hmm. But once you move the money to MetaMask, and I may, my, there might be even a, a way to do it on MetaMask itself. I'm just so used to sending it to my other account on BlockFi. And okay. it's as simple as once you have, like, let's say, 20 Ethereum, which is like, at this point, $35,000. Um, because it's volatile. I won't, I won't lie, it is a volatile market, but it, there's an uptrend for the rest of the year because it's being used so often. Um, you can sell your Ethereum into U.S. dollar coins, which then you can move that USD coin into your bank account because that's how you withdraw the money. So it's, mm-hmm. it, there are a lot of steps and processes. It's not easy. And once you understand how it works, it does become easy, just like, you know, Photoshop in the 90s or whatever, learning right. how to use the Internet. It's just a right. learning curve. And once you're on the right. other side and once you practice it, 
you mm-hmm. get it and it becomes second nature. So mm-hmm. the second you put it in your, you put it in your, whatever account you use your wallets and you, mm-hmm. you transform it into Bitcoin or USD coin. USD mm-hmm. coin is basically fiat, which then you, like I said, withdraw into your bank account. Mm-hmm. I personally use the Ethereum to transform into Bitcoin as a holdings and just hang out with it. But I also, if I need it, you know, to pay bills or whatnot, uh, you transform the Ethereum into USD coins and then you withdraw it from the account. And then it is real money. So it's not a, it's not, it's not impossible. It's mm-hmm. just, honestly, if you're working in cryptocurrency, I would stick in cryptocurrency unless you actually need it for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk All about right. the level of, of the uh, NFT scene uh, and how the art world is accepting it. Do you find that the the art world is kind of not taking it seriously on a creative level, or how, how do you feel? I that? can totally. I can. I love this question because I have a great answer for this. Um. So the reason. Let's start at the quality that we're seeing, right? Like why the art world pissed off and resentful. Let's let's just start there. There, there are people in the art world who are so into this and embracing it, and even there's gallerists and dealers who are just like, I'm, I'm on this. I want to be part of this. I don't want to get left behind. This is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And they don't even understand it yet, which is really cool because they see they see the potential. And there's other art world people who just see it, and they laugh at it, and they mock it, and they're like, oh, this shit, this is just a trend. <laughs> but let me, let me really start from scratch here. So... Let's break it down to why we're seeing the quality of art, which is why I think the part, the secondary part of the art world is laughing at it. But it's not even about the, the quality right now. For me, it's really about the transactional space that the blockchain is providing for artists and creators. And that's where I start. That's why I minted my photography, because I wasn't intimidated by digital art. So let me just start there. This platform, these platforms were built by the tech world. So obviously the first people on these things minting artwork is tech people who don't really have a history or or I would say the quality or talent to be making art like we're used to, where we spend days and months and years practicing our our skills to create works that we show in galleries. So let's start there. The tech world built this. The tech world created art to put on it, and most of it is memes. Let's start with CryptoPunks. I actually love CryptoPunks because to me, they're so Warholian. And yeah. at first, at first, when you look at them, you're like, what the fuck is this? But once you dive deep in the CryptoPunk world and you do your history and your homework on it, it's actually quite fucking incredible. And it does resemble the same feeling of what Warhol was doing with his repetitious silk screens. It has that same feeling. I definitely foresee a CryptoPunk next to a Warholian Merritt Monroe, and they, they would be great. The reason why I say this is because the CryptoPunk was made in 2017 by Larva Labs on the Ethereum network. They were the first NFT artwork, and they were computer-generated. So there's 10,000 CryptoPunks, and it was a generated AI um, algorithm that created all these different forms. And, you know, there's apes, there's 24 apes, there's seven aliens there's zombies there's there's punks if you really look into it it's so cool but there's a lot of money being poured into it like the minimum amount of money one of those costs is like thirty thousand dollars which is like 28 ethereum back two years ago if you were early on the scene you would buy one of those for fifteen dollars it's similar to how bitcoin rose 
but this is like a four-year exponential increase because I guess a lot of the people in the finance world and crypto world saw the value and the historical context of what this shit is. And a lot of them actually use it to flex on Twitter as their avatar. So that's why I love crypto punks, not because of the flex. I don't really care about that. I, I, I see the historical value and the beauty of this is actually incredible. Like, if you look into this, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's a whole universe built on this generated 10,000 avatars. And it's the first. I'm interested because it was the first. I'm not I'm not really interested in hash masks as much because, to me, I'm not really interested in it. But I'm interested in CryptoPunks because it's, it's fascinating. Can, so I, can I ask another uh, uh, follow-up related question? Um... When you and you talk about the, the you know the kind of resentment a um, someone else that we're talking to uh, an artist uh, Anne Morgan Spalter who is uh, working in this space and has had some success with NFT she's a digital art pioneer uh, arts education and um, she yeah she was one of the first and I think COVID is what drove her to really start to really explore it mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, she was. She she wrote an article. I can't remember the publication, but it was basically in the setup to the article. She was just saying that it can be tricky because you could possibly be perceptually be risking something by doing that because of the quality, the aesthetic quality that we're seeing. That okay, well, as a quote unquote serious artist, a trained artist, or a professional artist. Um, you might not want I, to. I love it. this talk on that. Yeah, so, yeah, could you, could you speak on what she was talking about? Exactly. And that's very interesting to me because there's such a trailblazing pioneering going on. And mm-hmm. our first initial response to these platforms, and this is where I was going with it. I just wanted to educate people on the crypto punks. But now that yeah. we've set that ground, I can yeah. get into these people aren't artists. They created this tech platform for the tech world and it bled into every world so now and that's what i'm even doing after and after people really blew up the nft space and it's such in the mainstream right now there's a lot of questions like whoa what is this how do we use it and i and like literally the weekend before he blew up on forbes and routers and all this i was talking to my crypto collectors they were like dude you need to sell your shit on here and i was like okay i'm gonna try and you know, I hadn't had luck selling my set for the past two years. So I was like, because it was a full collection and not many people want to spend $100,000 on it. But I was like, I had the freedom to list my images individually, whereas I wanted to keep the full collection um, intact for an institution. So this gave me the freedom because it's so current. NFTs, I minted all my photos. And I wasn't afraid of like, okay, everything on here is like basically tech art, 8-bit shit and memes but i was like no 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 no! you cannot let that scare you this is actually this is actually a call to action by the tech world that's like yo we need real art on here to actually help artists sell their work to people who have an abundance of wealth from the crypto world because the crypto world was built off of people who bought bitcoin ethereum and whatever coins at Mm -hmm. 10 cents seven ten years ago where now that shit's worth fifty two thousand dollars a coin so there's basically a huge abundance that has built over the past few years and it's mostly kids and mid-aged people who have this wealth 
Whereas in the traditional art world, a lot of people, there are small circles who have the wealth, who are or who have the ability to buy expensive works. And now it's really like a huge, you know, Pandora's box of new crypto collectors. And don't let the word crypto scare you. That's just the term that how they gain their wealth. They're still collectors. And it's our duty as artists and journalists and, and institutionalists to educate these people on, you know, these works that we're bringing to the blockchain from the traditional art world have historic value, have provenance, whereas most of these things we're seeing now, Top Shots, Crypto Kitties, yes, they do have a place in this world, and yes, there are people who like this stuff, but I think, you know, that stuff is pretty short-term compared to what's about to come on the blockchain, when it's literally art history is making its way onto the blockchain, and it needs to, because... No artist should go hungry. No artist should see their work least sell the market more than they sold it for and not receive any royalties. And that's royalties, the main yeah. thing about this. Artists have, been talking, artists have been talking about royalties for years. I mean, decades. I mean, you know. Sustainability. Yeah. Ownership. Mm-hmm. Well, what we could do is we could list some Noah Becker art on there and then we can do a follow-up and I can just kind of talk about my experience selling my work through it and um, certainly uh, we gotta build your collector base so we have to engage in the twitter universe uh, with some of my collectors because that's i'm going to be completely transparent with everyone listening it's not easy to sell your work just like it is in the real world not easy to sell your work you have to tell your story you have to share yourself you have to put yourself out there you have to engage with the buyers but i will say this in the crypto world there's, there, there's a lot more people ready willing to spend on your art because they just want to buy art and they have the ability to. And most of them are buying NFTs just for the digital sake to live in their digital museums. Not many people are sending, you know, that what we're seeing now are sending the physical works with the NFT. And I think when the art world comes into the play, you'll start to see a lot more, you know, physical artworks being shipped to the crypto collectors and actually having a collection at their home. Um, and getting them interested in, the, in this actual work. So this is why I think the blockchain is beautiful because it allows artists to sell their works, retain their royalties, and see who's buying and selling your shit at all times, at any time of the day, on your phone, from anywhere in the world. And I think that's the most powerful thing about the blockchain. It connects everyone. And that's the basis of a decentralization. It connects you to everybody. Whereas in the art world, you have to be connected to the right people. So there's so many right people in the crypto world because there's so many millionaires in that world who want art. There's a demand for art, and right now there's not enough supply. So that being in there early is just like you're gonna be you're gonna be one of the first to really bring your bring your A game to this place because there's not much quality paintings or sculptures or photography yet. I'm I'm trying to help and be a testament of like, hey guys, I've been in debt for a very long time, and suddenly because of this technology this tool i've been able to get out of my hole i dug for myself and actually breathe and i don't want to just say this because it's a new trend it's like it it literally saved my life and it brought me into people's lives who needed inspiration and who wanted to be part of a movement part of a community and not just sit on their computer and actually tell their story through my story through the art and have companionship and community and relationships long-term versus just a short-term sell to cash grab. And that's why I think the art world needs to be on here because it's us telling us all our stories in a place where people are yearning for connection. 
Well, thanks for telling your story, Justin. And Jacob, thanks for kind of joining me as uh, another expert on the subject. And let's continue the conversation um, as we move forward and see where this takes everybody. Yes, let's do part two and let's see, let's experiment with Noah's work and see it. Yeah, if we can help him because I want to share this with everybody. Fantastic. And, I'll, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll help you. I'll Fantastic. Help you bring, bring your art to the collective support my art because this yeah. is a supportive community. And awesome. the Discord group that I made, you can share in there and I'll encourage those collectors to help you too. Fantastic. Okay, well, we'll talk to you shortly. Thanks for sharing this story with the listeners. Yeah, man. Have um, a great. Is that, all, is that all for our talk today? That, yeah, for today. Have a great afternoon, and we'll reconnect on this with part two. All right. Have a great okay, day. Okay. Talk to you guys all in right. a bit. Bye bye. This is the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. We've had some wonderful episodes so far. Recently, it's been Kim Dorland, the great Canadian painter, and you just heard Justin Aversano and Jacob Dwight in conversation about NFT art and cryptocurrency.